truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. 888-900-3393 is the number. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. You'll be hearing more from them soon. 888-900-3393. Keep that number handy. Next hour, we will have our Monday uh, weekly town hall. And I am still, it's rare. I mean, we kind of have a rule that if we don't know, you know, what the topics are or who the guests are, you know, I don't, I don't like in-show audibles. It's rare that we will call them or, you know, if, you, if we don't have a guest or what have you, then we just do something else, right? So, like, we don't have, like, we don't script out our takes. Like, that. you guys don't know what I'm going to say about Aaron's montage yet, right? We don't do that. Right. Like, we kind of like to have our individual opinions be um, in the moment so we can react to them, you know, without contriving a reaction. But there is a template of a plan. But this is still, I, I'm, I'm on the edge whether we're going to do this topic or not. And it's something I've thought about doing because it's been in the news a lot recently. It's, I'm not sure it's a can of worms I want to open, though. And no, it's not eschatology, but uh, it's of a similar bent, I guess we would say. So I guess you'll have to stay tuned in, in hour number two to see if, if I'm going to go through with this or not. All right. Or if, uh, if, if saner heads will prevail and, and I'll go with something else. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E for those of you listening on radio or podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. There is. Now they're coming. I, you know what? The polling industry heard me call them out, right? The polling industry heard me call them out. So uh, when Bob Vanderplatz joins us here at the bottom of the hour, we have our first Des Moines register poll I, I want to say in three or four months of the Iowa caucuses. And we're going to have Bob and I put our combined caucus expertise at work and we will break that down for you. Uh, does it follow the pro Warren trend that we were seeing last week before we broke away for the weekend? We'll talk about that and where things stand in Iowa and how that could shape the democratic race. Uh, but before we get to all of that first, Aaron must remind us about what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Ukraine. It's always a bad thing when a sentence starts with, quote, it all started when Rudy Giuliani, end quote. It all started when Rudy Giuliani went on CNN to respond to a report that the Trump administration asked the Ukrainian government to investigate Joe Biden's son, Hunter. No, actually, I didn't. I asked the Ukraine to investigate the allegations that there was interference in the election of 2016 by the Ukrainians for the benefit of Hillary Clinton, for which there already is a court finding. You never asked anything about Hunter Biden. You never asked anything about Joe Biden. The only thing I asked about Joe Biden is to get to the bottom of how it was that Lutsenko, who was appointed, dismissed the case against Antac. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. You just said you didn't. Oh, boy. This was followed up by a report from the Wall Street Journal, which stated that President Trump repeatedly pressed Ukraine's president to investigate Hunter Biden, whose international business interests have been cause of some bad speculation both now and in the past. 
Then Giuliani went on Twitter and flat out accused Ukraine of laundering $3 million to Joe Biden's son. Yesterday, Trump was asked about his meeting with Ukraine's president. But the conversation I had with the president of Ukraine was absolutely a 10. It was perfect. Now, what you have to do is look at the corruption on the Democrat side. Take a look at how the whole witch hunt started. Now they want to try and start another witch hunt. But unfortunately, this one is reverting now to Joe Biden because he's done some very bad things. Joe Biden was asked about these developments by Fox News. Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader? If that's what happened, that appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the uh, presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right question. Well, I really hope that that's cleared things up with this story. A new Des Moines Register Iowa poll shows Elizabeth Warren edging out Joe Biden for the first time in a major poll of the state. The numbers are still within the margin of error. Warren is at 22 percent, while Biden is at 20. Bernie Sanders is in a distant third with 11, while Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris have 9 and 6 percent, respectively. Moving on this weekend, the youths from around the country staged what they called a global climate strike. Here's a sampling of what happened in Washington, D.C. A bunch of what looked like high schoolers, maybe some middle schoolers and some college students did this. My name is Rosie Clemens Cove. I'm 11 years old. We are here because our parents trash the planet and it's up to our generation to save it. My future is in jeopardy. All of our futures are in jeopardy. Baby boomers, all these people, call us Generation Z, the last letter of the alphabet, because we are going to be the last generation to survive. We have only 11 years to rectify decades of damage that we have inflicted on our planet, and only 18 months until some damages are irreversible. And I am only 16 years old. I am here to speak for the trees. I'd like to acknowledge my privilege and my background. I am here for the people who are suffering and dying because of our country's decision. And we are not here to talk about our sacrifices and our doom and gloom and not existing. We are here to create. We do not have time to be polite. This is a revolution. We are creating this movement every day because every day of inaction drives more action from us. Cory Booker staged a climate town hall at USC where this happened. Hi, good morning, Senator. Uh, My name is Joan Miller. Uh, I am a doctoral candidate at USC. I study empathy as communication. Um, My pronouns are she, her, hers. And uh, yesterday we talked a lot about individual responsibility to change behavior like veganism, water waste, and plastic straw bans, all of which initiatives disproportionately affect uh, disabled people and poor people. 
Um, besides a carbon tax and these individual responsibilities, how can we shift the responsibility to incentivize corporations and high waste industries to change their behavior around climate change? The climate protests continued into this morning in the nation's capital with activists shutting down major intersections because we're all going to die soon or something. Oh, oh. Fossil fuels have got to go. Hey, hey. Ho, ho. They also set a dumpster on fire on Massachusetts Avenue. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is Holy Mother of Unintentional Humor, Batman. Santa Madre del Humor Involuntario, Batman. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau continues to face wide backlash for the revelation of numerous instances of him wearing blackface during his youthful days. Andrew Clavin from the Daily Wire tweets, To combat charges of racism, Justin Trudeau tweets picture of himself shaking hands with a guy in a blue shirt. Superstar actress Megan Fox went on a show recently to brag about her child-rearing skills. You have three sons. Yeah. And your, your son, Noah, is yeah. very much into fashion. So he's, <laughs> he's really into fashion, and he's the one, like, sometimes he'll, he'll dress himself when he likes to wear dresses sometimes, and, he'll, and I send him to a really liberal, like, hippie school, but yeah. even, even there, here in California, he still has little boys going, like, boys don't wear dresses or boys don't wear pink. And so we're going through that now where I'm trying to teach him to be confident no matter what anyone else says. And now for some catharsis, PragerU's Candace Owens was recently called to testify in front of Congress where she was lambasted because she's a black, white supremacist or something. I don't know. Anyway, this is how she responded. And the audacity of you to bring up the Christchurch shooting manifesto and make it seem as if I laughed at people that were slaughtered by a homicidal maniac is, in my opinion, absolutely despicable. And I think that we should be above that. To try to assign reality or any meaning to a homicidal maniac writing a manifesto, which, by the way, let the record show, also stated Spyro the Dragon, the child's cartoon, as a source of inspiration. He also cited Nelson Mandela as a source of information. I don't think, I don't think that Nelson Mandela has inspired mosque shootings. You can correct me if you think I'm wrong. You, are, you would rather assign meaning to a homicidal maniac than to actually address that I said to, the things that I said today that are actually harming black America. Number one, father absence. Number two, the education system and the illiteracy rate. Illegal immigration ranks high, abortion ranks high, white supremacy and white nationalism, if I had to make a list again of 100 things, would not be on it. This hearing, in my opinion, is a farce. And it is ironic that you're sitting here and you're having three Caucasian people testify and tell you what their expertise are. Do I know what my expertise are? black in America. I've been black in America my whole life, all 30 years, and I can tell you that you guys have done the exact same thing every four years ahead of an election cycle, and it needs to stop. And that's what happened? Well, we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to take advantage of plunging mortgage rates and a booming economy, which creates a boom market in real estate, make sure before you go all in, though, you go in with an agent you can trust, someone whose track record of success has been fully vetted and held accountable, someone who's got a marketing plan other than let's do another open house, and then someone who understands what the phrase professional courtesy means, that they, uh, they will return your messages, that when they promise they're going to do their best not to make that call, 
call, hey, I've got this potential buyer right here. Can we come by your house in 10 minutes? That this isn't the third time that they violated that promise going in. If you want to find an agent that has checked all three of those boxes, otherwise they wouldn't even be listed on this site. That's what separates real estate agents I trust from other referral services. This is not about finding clients for agents, but about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's get to Aaron's montage. Again, we're going to talk more about that Des Moines Register Iowa poll with Bob Vanderplatz here at the bottom of the hour and get his take on that. Let me get this out of the way right away. You know, there's this debate sometimes, is somebody a Hall of Famer or not, right? And, and you kind of, don't you think that if you have to debate, are you a Hall of Famer, you're not, Right. Probably, probably. Not, yes. that, that's not, now. Sometimes, if you had uh, you know an era where you were shortened, um, your career was shortened because of war service or injury or disease, a Sandy Koufax or um, a freak injury, a Terrell Davis, you, where you're, it's clear where the arc of your career was heading, but something beyond your control occurred. Uh, that there was clearly a period of time where we had recognized your greatness. But the arc of your career was cut short for reasons beyond your control. So you never hit that automatic milestone benchmark mm-hmm. of a Hall of Famer. That's why we have committees and that's where exceptions should be made, right? But if, if a guy's played 10 years in a league and you look at his stats and you're not sure, is that a Hall of Famer? Should he be a Hall of Famer? Probably. Probably, Probably not. not. If he's played seven or eight and you're wondering, then you debate it, right? Mm-hmm. But if a guy's played 10, 11, 12 years and you look at his stats, you're like, eh, then the answer is probably no. I, I, there may have been better tweets in the history of the format of Twitter. Maybe. Maybe. But if you want to know what, what is a Hall of Fame tweet, that tweet by Andrew Clavin over at the Daily Wire. Justin Trudeau um, attempts to overcome his racist remarks by shaking hands with a man in a blue shirt and the, guy's, and the, and the guy is black. Um, I... I for those of you listening, it's one thing that you just have to see. You have to see it. it yeah. It's 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 first ballot. You're like, look, it's Lou Gehrig, you know, Stan Musial. You're just Justin Verlander now. You're just looking at the right. Re- yep, Stan, moving on. That is, that's 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 a masterful use of the format. All right, and that's why they want to ban us. Okay, that that's what. That's what Snopes' obsession with Babylon B is. The idea that we would use their devices and then their most powerful weapon, humor, against them in such a devastatingly effective package. Uh, and I, it's, it's, it's a goat. It's, it's one of those goats. It, it, that's perfection by Mr. Clavin. I wanted to mention that before we got to the rest of what's in the montage. Let, let's go to the Ukraine story. And when I get to heaven, one of the questions I'm going to have to ask is what, 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 did, what did Donald Trump ever see in Rudy Giuliani? I'm going to have to ask this. Like, help me. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm sincere. I'm asking. This isn't tongue-in-cheek. I, I need to know. If you're sitting there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and you watched Rudy Giuliani on CNN, tell me what you saw 
that makes you think, let's get that guy on these networks more often. Because I go back to the Russian collusion farce, and I mean, he did everything to make Trump seem guilty of something he was completely exonerated from. Remember, we kept pointing this out. One of the reasons we were very dubious about whether it was really true that Trump did nothing wrong is we were just simply following the lead of his own attorney and the media who kept going out there and, and, and implicating him and stuff. So why was this movie a sequel that needed to be made? What, do you know? I'm asking. Can you fathom a reason a, why we're doing this with him again? He's a chip off the old block. That plus total fealty. I mean, that was the Luther Holt interview over again. Lester Holt. Lester Holt. Excuse yeah. me. Lester all over again. So I think you're he, damn right. I ordered the code red. He sounds right? like Trump. So Trump's just kind of like ah, just like the cut of this guy's jib. I mean, really, he's acting <laughs> like him, and then he'll do what he's clearly he's clearly bent the knee. He's clearly kissed the ring. He said, yes, Master Trump, I will follow you wherever you I, go. I, I get all of that, but don't you have to then serve him well after that? No. What, have no. you been watching this administration? You don't have to serve him no. well after that. No. No one does. You go out there, hey, hey, Rudy, tremendous job implicating me in this scandal preemptively um, uh, and, and, and throwing the, uh, the, the fake news media a story to talk about other than low unemployment that even the... The Australian Prime Minister's mentioning over the weekend. Oh. Well done. In fact, oh, you know, let, no. let's get you on Anderson Cooper tonight. Really, Trump doesn't. Really, Trump doesn't serve himself well. That you don't have to serve anything well there. So here's a couple things I, I think we we maybe should have learned. I've learned. Here, here's if I've, if I have learned one thing as an analyst, well, I have I have learned several things. Right? Like, one thing I've learned is, if you ask me anything what Donald Trump may do in the future, it's an automatic, uh, no, I don't know. I, I, have, I cannot fathom an answer, right? That's one lesson I learned, all right? Here's, here's another lesson I've learned. If, if you work in conservative media, ch check that. If, if you have an IQ above, um, uh, 12, now, if you got an IQ above 12, and your response to anonymous source stuff from the from left media is begins with this phrase. If this is true, if it starts with that phrase, delete your tweet. Trash the word document you're writing right now. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Go directly to intellectual jail. If, if it begins with, and I say this as someone who made this mistake, this is why I know. This is why I know how this story ends every time. Do not begin your take with, <clears throat> if this is true. If you're starting there, you've already lost, okay? Because if there's, if, if there's one constant in the current political universe, it's that, a, a lot of people on both sides of this divide feel totally at ease and justified lying with impunity because of what they think about the other person. Okay. So don't begin with, if this is true, that, that's lesson one on this Ukrainian story. One of the things we are doing more and more on this show is tying stories together in Aaron's montage that may not seem as if they're connected, but when you look at them holistically are. The stuff that you had, Aaron, in there about the climate cult 
mm-hmm. is absolutely tied to the Ukrainian story. Here's how. Let's say Donald Trump, we actually have like the Alexander Butterfield taping machine from Watergate. And you've got Donald Trump on the phone saying, I'm cutting your foreign aid unless you get me some dirt on Joe Biden. Let's say it's that clumsy. It's that out there. Okay. Let's say that's all true. I'm going to tell you right now. That's a bad look for a president. But if you're telling me that the option on the table is surrender your country to a pagan cult or get rid of a president because he tried to bully a government to give him dirt on his political rivals, I got to tell you, you know, I mean, if, if there's if there's a mistake that Donald Trump made here, it was not using the FBI like everybody else does. I, I got to tell you guys, I mean, I, I'd love to have the luxury of saying that behavior is just got to go. But if you're telling me and because that's terrible behavior, you must now surrender your 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 kid's future to those kids that were clearly absolutely brainwashed and programmed at the rally. And whatever the you know that the 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 climate change fairy in the streets I don't know what that was mm-hmm. okay yeah. I, I I don't I, whatever if you're telling me because if, if it's yakety sacks versus cultism yeah, yeah. I, I I I mean guys I don't even forget Take lesser of two evils this is just simple survival instinct okay I, I and and I have no I have little to no regard for this White House in this administration. On, on a basic level, I think I show that and demonstrate that on a daily basis nearabouts. But if you're telling, if the if the new argument is, I mean, uh, hi, Mr. Booker, I, I had to actually bring my phone to correctly quote all of my pronouns because I can't remember them all. And oh, by the way, if we have 11 years to live, probably the last thing I'm going to spend my remaining days doing is mastering your desired pronouns. Okay. 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 All right. So, I mean, I, I've, I've got to have, I've like, I got to hold this phone like it's a Palm Pilot from 1995. It's a symbol of capitalism. Okay, to, to master, because yeah. I can't remember all my pronouns. If you're telling me that it's, well, we tried to, we, we tried to bully the Ukraine for political dirt in the worst House of Cards plot ever, or. Surrender yourself over to the pagan horde. I, I, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't listen to more than 10 seconds of Donald Trump talk and I wouldn't be caught dead at a rally unless I lost a bet or uh, it was that or prison. Um, particularly the prisons where Joe Biden wants the prisoners to determine what their gender is. Cause that would be just, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, we're all fine here. How are you? I'm sure there won't be any prisoners, male prisoners at all. In, in prison for something like, say, I don't know, what do you guys think, like, rape? Who might decide, you know what, man, this next season of Orange is the New Black is lit AF. Lit AF. Because I suddenly just decided, guys, I'm a chick now. It says so right here in the Palm Pilot you were holding in the, in the question you were reading to Cory Booker, who himself is obviously confused on several levels. Sorry, I'm going to need more than we tried to bully Ukraine. So turn this thing over to the to the Druids. I'm going to need more than that. Sorry, not sorry. Todd, your turn. 
We I should am, just end the show. There. I am so certain that we are now in the final hour going to talk about the thing that Steve said he <laughs> yeah, was on the fence on. I know. Because he, he is absolutely in I can't even mood, and I dig that about you, by the way. And he's just, and once you find out what that is, he, it's, he's kind of like, I, this is chaos. But this is something I can wrap my brain around. This I is mean, more sane. Yeah, this is, no, yeah. Now we're just talking boilerplate corruption. Okay. I mean, we've been living with that our entire careers. Now, you're telling me that you're like an agent. You're the Manchurian candidate for Vladimir Putin. I'm not in on that, if that were proven true. But now you're telling me that you're trying to bully inferior opposition to take out your political opponents? All right. Well, I mean, that's last week. I mean, that's, that's finally... Uh, but finally, the sort of criminality we're used to around here that we have been able to excel as a country for, for eons in spite of. I can We can live with that. What we cannot live with, Megan Fox, you know, even out here in California, um, you know, uh, even the boys out here in California, who, of course, aren't even aware they are boys because they wouldn't want to assume their pronouns, think it's troubling my son likes to wear dresses. Oh, yeah, that's... That's great. And they get a, you know, you've, you've got, you know, what's her face? Osborne, who, you know, who you would think she'd recognize mental illness when she sees it. All right. After all, one of, and by the way, one of our favorite pursuits as a family. <laughs> Don't stop me now. I'm on the roll. All right. We used to the old Osborne reality show when it was on MTV. <laughs> we used to, for fun, mute the TV and put the closed captioning on when he talked <laughs> straight up, man. And it would just like get like a couple of words and then like ellipses and then question marks. It like it could not decipher what he was saying. All right. So you're right. Let's let those people make all the decisions around here. All right. I, I mean, a guy who fancies himself Francis Underwood and is more like dwarf on po- politics. We can survive that. What we cannot survive is, you know. You guys ever heard of a wicker man? I mean, that, that, somebody showed me one of those and I thought it was great. We should try that. That we will not survive. So those stories are interconnected and I bet you didn't even know that they were. Aaron, your thoughts? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it, was, it was crazy town uh, this weekend and still is right now. But good freaking gravy. Uh, like I said earlier, um, and in a battle uh, to the death between Yakety Sacks and, as you put it, the Druids, I'm going to choose Yakety Sacks every single day. Um, you know, at least I can kind of get into that tune a little bit. It, I might go insane uh, by the time it's over, but I'm not going to be dead, uh, and I'm probably not going to have my way of life uh, completely ended like I would if, if the Druids were were coming over the you know coming over the proverbial walls. But this this weekend, man, I mean, you mentioned Joe Biden saying, yeah, yeah, male prisoners should be able to decide and determine which gender they are and by, uh, by, by means of, of that and, and, and being able to decide which prison population they want to live amongst. I, I mean, when you said that, I, was, I, I dropped back in my chair and I'm like, I forgot that! There's so, uh, so many other just crazy things. And you know what, what the, the worst part of this is? The montage was a little bit longer today. Guys, I'm not exaggerating here. This is like literally every Monday. Anytime we take more than a few days away, yes, I could, I could yeah. do that. Yep. Listen, and, and Steve, it sounds like you're, I'm not lowering my standards at all. I am totally aware we, the president, uh, dishonesty is his natural habitat. I, I'm, 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 I'm telling you this. 
I'm not lying to myself at all. I'm fully aware. I was one of the people, I was on those conference calls with Free the Delegates helping to organize the movement to defeat him at the convention. All right? No, 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 no. He does not, he does not get some, attain some level of righteousness in my eyes because of the craziness. No, 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 no. I am fully aware here of, of the, of the Hobson choice, the lady or the tiger. I'm, if anything, I'm, I'm more lucid than ever looking at the situation. But Todd, we, I, I just, I am not going to passively say, you know what? It's okay for you to inflict your lunacy upon me. No, I'm going to take the Cretan in the White House. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to use him as a speed bump. And I'm just going to throw him so that he is standing between you and my family. I am not surrendering my country to you. I'm for, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. I'll just take the Cretan in the White House and I'll throw him like chum in the water and let you feast on him for a while so you leave me the hell alone. Well, and this is the way to have that conversation. They're attached to one and one another invariably. That's why the, the, the one who is dumbest last loses works because of this dance here. And that's why it's entirely illegitimate for you to propose that, you know, we're on one side, we're on the other. No, this we're identifying the reality as it is. I mean, go full Marianne Williamson. You want to talk about the cosmic forces of light and darkness or whatever? Uh, you know, it, it's actually refreshing to hear somebody talk about it. She does it wrong. We actually get it done the right way, and that's what Steve's talking about. He's putting things into proportion, and grown-ups can understand that if you're willing to listen. You know, to quote the great movie, um, When a Stranger Calls, classic horror movie from the early 80s, if you're a leftist and you're wondering about the, the dark spiritual forces, the call is coming from within the house. The call is coming from within the house. That's your echo you're hearing. More in a moment. Hey, if you're wondering why you're not making some of your weight loss goals, even though you're getting more active now, well, you know, I can tell you somebody that uh, over the years has lost well over 100 pounds, the old fashioned way, that. It, exercise matters greatly. Activity matters greatly, but it's always more about what you're eating than it is your activity level. And especially when you consider that our bodies were made to conserve and crave calories. And it makes sense if you've got a long-term view of, of human nature, because it's really only been in the last century or so that food was convenient to, uh, to uh, the, you know, the basic population other than just the elite classes. And that's, it's still not a con, you know, readily available convenience to large segments of the world. That's just not true here in the West. And that's one of the reasons why we're fighting an obesity epidemic, because food is so conveniently available to us. So what do you do when your body was made to crave calories, was made to store calories, and now there's more calories than ever before available to you? Willpower alone won't do it. That's why you probably want to give Riduzone a shot. So there's this molecule that is in the belly, and it goes up, it sends a signal to the brain to let the brain know when you're full it's called oea here's the thing though if, if you bypass that for so long 
the, you know, your body will just ignore it. It's a little bit like how a muscle becomes, uh, you know, gets atrophy or if, if, when you're too sedentary and it takes a long time to retrain that muscle memory. That's why you don't, don't wait to retrain your, your body there. Get the OEA supplement from Riduzone. That's all that it is. It's not caffeine. It's not chemicals. It's not preservatives. It's not additives. It's just this OEA FDA accepted, vegan friendly, gluten free as well. Why? Because all it is is OEA. All right. Strengthen that signal to help you control your portion sizes and your cravings. And right now, if you use my name, Steve, as a promo code, you'll get 30% off a three month supply when you go to riduzone.com. That's R I D U Z O N E. R I D U Z O N E. Promo code Steve. Riduzone.com. Our good friend Bob Vanderplatz is here from the Family Leader. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? Good to be here. Had a great weekend. Beautiful day in the state of Iowa. It is. It is. Uh, and I'm looking forward. My son's got uh, a makeup football game from all the rain that we had. So, Well, today would be a great day to have a makeup it, football it, game. It's going to be a good day to have a game. So let's. I want to get to something that has been scarce. And we pointed this out right around Labor Day weekend that up in, if you go back four years ago when you had 25 candidates in the Republican field, I went back and counted them on Real Clear Politics. We had had 43 Iowa caucus polls heading into Labor Day weekend in the 2016 cycle. And, and I understand the celebrity candidate of a Trump's going to drive more of that, okay? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't explain that Labor Day weekend in the Democratic cycle with 25 candidates, we'd only had 14. So I, there's going to be more interest in polling a state in the, the first in the nation state when a big time celebrity is the candidate getting all these headlines. But it doesn't explain a 43 to 14 gap. Now, we're starting to get more and more Iowa caucus polls. Maybe everybody heard me and I shamed them and now they're doing them. That's probably not true, but I'm going to go with it because I like <laughs> it, all right? Because what did Donald Trump would say to you? Take the credit. Take the, take credit. the credit. So I'm going to take the credit, right? All Don't right. ever give it away. <laughs> yes. So we, we now have our first, though, Des Moines Register and Seltzer Bloomberg poll of Iowa. Uh, that we have had probably, I want to say, since the middle of June. So mm-hmm. we're going on uh, over three months. Here's the latest numbers from from the woman that has been cash money, homie, when it's come to the last several Iowa caucus cycles. And here's where she says the race stands right now. She's got Elizabeth Warren narrowly leading Joe Biden, 22 to 20. So if you look at her margin for error, that's a statistical tie. But then there is a wide gap after that. Bernie Sanders, who... I, you know, I, I guess you could say he won the popular vote in Iowa four years ago to Hill, against Hillary, but then lost the Electoral College to her, All right? Mm. Um, and when they ended up calling it a tie, he's way back at 11. Pete Buttigieg is, uh, has been there in the high single digits all along. Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, Tulsi Gabbard, um, Tom Steyer with the most expensive 2% uh, mm. in the history of human uh, uh, politics. Um, your view of those numbers based on your knowledge and expertise with the Iowa caucuses. And first of all, let's start with a macro question. How accurate do you think they are right now? You know, I think it's a pretty accurate poll. Um, you can say all you want about polling and Seltzer's a pretty good pollster. Matter of fact, she was really taken by surprise in 2016 when she projected Trump to win by five and Cruz won by four. And Rubio just about overtook Trump in 2016, the final count. And when I asked her, you know, what changed, she said, we never saw the evangelical surge come into the Iowa caucuses. We always expect them to be there, but the surge was unprecedented because who was supposed to bring all the new voters to the Iowa caucuses? Trump was. Trump was. But instead, the church did. 
And Steve, since I want to join you, we'll take a little bit of credit for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I take, take the credit, when I take a look at these numbers, uh, I'm not looking at the static numbers. I'm looking at trajectory. Uh, Biden's in trouble, in my opinion. Uh, people are crossing. If there's a Rubicon to cross, they're crossing the Rubicon and saying he's not our guy. Sanders is in real trouble. I mean, he's kind of free falling down to that mm-hmm. eleven. Buttigieg, even Buttigieg earlier was, I think, at fourteen. He's down to nine. I think people are coming back to go. You know, he's he's not our guy either. Kamala Harris, after that first debate, she's in a free fall. Uh, Booker has got some of the best endorsements in the state of Iowa. Uh, Jerry Crawford, I believe, has endorsed Booker. And him being at, I forget the number, is at 3% right now in the mm-hmm. state of Iowa? That's trouble for him as well. For people who don't know, Jerry Crawford is, for lack of a better description, since the theme of this week's segment is take the credit. <laughs> All right. I love your Trump impersonation. It doesn't sound anything like him, but that's what I love about it. I just it, okay? love it. I love um, doing it. But uh, uh, since the theme of, of this week's segment is take the credit, uh, Jerry Crawford is the Bob Vanderplatz of Democrats in the Iowa caucuses. Well, he, you know, Jerry Crawford, he's very, he's, I think he's more significant in the Democrat Party than I'm the Republican Party and in the Iowa caucuses. But uh, for him to endorse Cory Booker early on, I thought Cory Booker would be probably the candidate to beat because I think, you know, he could bring all I agree with you with. that Crawford is more instrumental in the Democratic Party than you are in the GOP because he's more of a mainline sure. figure. But when it comes to the caucuses, I think you guys are very similar because he has the ability with his ties to the workers union, the ASME sure. people, to rally a grassroots, okay? You bet. Like, you know, if if I wanted to come here and you know, beat an establishment, you know, or I wanted to win an establishment Republican district in Eastern Iowa. I don't know that Bob, you know, I'll take your support, but I don't know that you'd be my first call. Sure. Okay. But if I want to, if I want to do anything that rallies the grass conservative grassroots, you're going to be my first, second and third call. Right. Sure. Crawford's a guy that in the democratic party, you'd call him for either one of those causes. Exactly. And that's probably when that, and that speaks even worse of Booker because here's a guy with a title, U S Senator. Mm-hmm. And 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 the fact that he can appeal to neither one of Jerry Crawford's Rolodexes at the same time indicates to you he is dead man walking. Well, he's definitely in trouble. Uh, and I think what's happening, I mean, I've been watching Elizabeth Warren's campaigns. I really didn't think she had a shot. Remember the the awkward announcement commercial? Mm-hmm. I'm now going to go get a beer. Kind of like, <laughs> let's have a beer together and watch me walk to my fridge and, you know, open a beer. Uh, what she has done since, which is Kind of brilliant. Uh, initially, I thought this is just quirky as heck, but it's kind of brilliant. She's spending two and a half hours after a rally taking selfies with people. There's a selfie line with her. What that does, it draws a connection with the voter. It's that a I, retail got, I got a selfie. Yeah. And not only a selfie, what she's brilliant at, what her campaign's brilliant at, what does the person with the selfie do with it? I text it, I tweet it, mm-hmm. I Instagram it, I do whatever I do with it about look who I was just with, with Elizabeth Warren. So for retail politics, she's showing that she can be a retail candidate in the state of Iowa. I think she's going to be a tough force. Right now, if I had to give odds, I think her numbers only continue to go up because she's showing passion. She's showing energy. I believe she's wrong on every issue. Don't get me wrong or don't get me confused with she being She might be with right her. about breaking up the tech giants. She might be right about right. that. But yeah, for the most part, I but, agree. But I see her numbers potentially just going up. I see her being a great candidate in the state of Iowa. Kamala Harris to say she's blankety-blank moving to Iowa uh, while her state says uh, we're going to stop travel to Iowa because of your uh, position on not paying for transgender surgeries, uh, the public paying for it. 
Yeah, I just think Kamala Harris, uh, she's kind of a one-hit wonder. She's, I think she's done. So you watched Warren, when she first came in here, she made some key hires and, and hired some people away from Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Kind of raided his organization. I think that was, that was more, I think, that for me at the time, a sign of Sanders' weakness. Yeah. That, that, because we always wondered four years ago, does the, there's, it, it's clearly becoming more of a socialist party, but there's socialist and then there's Soviet, mm-hmm. right? Like you can, you can have a, a, a Swedish style of socialism, a Western European style of socialism where you put a smile on that face, mm-hmm. right? It's the softer side of Sears, but then there's the ranting, raving Soviet May Day parade. We will bury you. I'm pounding my foot at the, you know, the, the lectern of the UN Khrushchev, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so was the Democratic Party going Soviet? Or was Bernie Sanders just sort of like the Rick Santorum of, of this cycle? We don't want Hillary Clinton, and he's the only credible person that saves us from another squish. I think we now have our answer. They they, they really don't like him as much as uh, the activists, because it's an activist-driven process in Iowa for Democrats, like sure. it is for Republicans. The activists really aren't into the whole Soviet thing. And so when you when you give them someone that 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 hands them the the Wellesley College for Women version of of leftist progressivism, as opposed to do you want to spend your, um, you know your honeymoon in Moscow? No, most leftist progressives want to spend their honeymoons in Martha's Vineyard. Yep. All right, and and Elizabeth Warren is giving you that that candidacy, and I think that hurts Sanders immensely. Oh well, I, first let me let ahead. me add to that because I think you're right, but I think there's something else you need to add to it. I think the Democrats always wanted to send a message to the Democrat Party, the Hillary Clintons, the moderates, the Joe Bidens, the whatever. Yeah, we think they're moderates. That's funny, but they think they're moderates, yeah. We want to be more socialist. Mm -hmm. We want his message. We want to permeate his message into your campaign. I think what they're seeing with Elizabeth Warren, uh, we're getting a message with somebody that we actually would like to see be president. Mm -hmm. I think they they never thought Bernie Sanders could be president, but we wanted to send a message. I think they're looking at Elizabeth Warren is that, she can still champion the message that we liked with Bernie, but we think she can actually win. And I think that's where you're seeing the transition from Sanders to Warren. I, I agree with that. And and I, to me, I think Elizabeth Warren is poised to do something I, that violate one of my campaign maxims. Once you go joke, you go broke, right? Yep. You can't become a punchline and return. And she's, she's poised to do it. And I think the media had a lot to do with it. I think yep. the media decided that she was their best shot to have an alternative to Sanders for that base yep. of people, and they kind of saved her. Uh, and that that brings us to Biden. And the, well, Let me add ahead. one more thing, because I, before we go to Biden, being a former high school principal, uh, there was always the person that got made fun of, or they were the joke. And for a little while, that was Elizabeth Warren, especially from the president about, you know, Pocahontas. She's, she's done. No one will ever hear from her again. But every now and then, they liked it when the bully punched back. It'll be interesting to see if this ends up being a Warren-Trump, what the American people think about a Warren punching back at Trump. Like, I'm not going to be just bullied by you. It'll be an You inter- think she's capable of that? Because I, I don't. I, I don't know if she is or not. Yeah. But I agree with you. Once you go joke, you're, you're, you're going to be – or once you're a joke, you go broke. Uh, she has sh- shown some resiliency here. And to see how that plays with the American people, although her policies are completely It's easier. Wrong. You know this from being a primary candidate. It's a lot easier to show resiliency when you're the home team every time a story comes on a major news network. You bet. She's the home team every time. Every, every story is painted, painting her in a favorable light. Yeah. She is their candidate. 
And that'll be true in the general too, but a lot less of the general uh, population is moved by what the primetime lineup at MSNBC thinks. A lot of it is moved by that in the Democratic primary. Well, what I am surprised about in the Democrat primary with Warren is why she's not being called on to defend by Biden or by the electorate or by, you know, the, the base of the party to defend some of her earlier writings, her earlier book, her application to college of how she got in. There's stuff that I would I would be pinning on. Who would do, see the problem? You, you, that's all going to be used in the general. Sure, but but in who, a primary, you who, better does that, who does that? that? Who does that? Who does that? I'm thinking if I'm Biden, he I'd can't. Be doing, you know, he can't. He's straight and white. He can't do that. Yeah, that's that's the box he's been in from the very beginning. He can't he can't be the vehicle for any of that. Because he's straight and he's white. And that so, so does Kamala Harris, who's trying to rise up from being dead, say, yeah. I'm the one to go after Elizabeth Warren. But and, and if she does, this is another rule of politics. You can't ever, you, you can't win more from a pot than you currently have. All right. So, for example, Tulsi Gabbard, it turns out, and Todd and I had the thought, was it really that big of a deal? Turns out she did immense damage to Kamala Harris if we watch how things have turned oh, out. Oh, sure. Okay. But did, did Tulsi Gabbard benefit from that at all? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So what do I mean by that? You know, like if you're playing a game in poker with a, with an, a, with, with a progressive pot, meaning if nobody wins it, wins this hand, we re-ante, we re-deal, and the money stays in the pot and it keeps growing, okay? You can't win because you can't bet more than you have, all right? So you can't win more than you have. You can win the pot. But you can't take out of that pot more than you have. And so it keeps growing. And someone else that has more money can win it. It's not free parking, landing on free parking in Monopoly. This where is I've gambling. Got, yeah, I'm where, loving where this. I, where I've, where I, where I got, I've got nothing. <laughs> and if I land on this space, I take all the sure. money. And so even if Kamala Harris says, you know, this next debate, I'm the one to do that after Elizabeth Warren, it will likely hurt Elizabeth Warren some. It will not benefit Kamala Harris at all. What I'm It'll saying, benefit though, someone else that is more in line to, in a position of strength. But what I'm saying is that someone who's in a desperate position, as Kamala Harris is right now, will go to a desperate measure. And my guess is on that bus, she's being consulted with by people. You need to go after her if you want to take that position. Because that's the position everybody wants. They know Biden's going to be Biden. They know Sanders is going to be Sanders. They want to have Warren's position. This Ukraine story that's out right now. And um, Trump's attempt, whatever the story is. And as I said at the top of the show... If you're beginning your analysis in this environment with, if this is true, just stop what you're doing. You're wasting everybody's time. You clearly haven't learned any lessons about the last three years, all right? Just how about we actually wait for the facts to come out with people on the record before we give opinions? Sure. That's been more, more true now than ever before. But what, So whatever this story is, it's clear that Trump is attempting to turn the story around on Biden and say, well, we're actually, you know, uh, what really was going on between Ukraine and Hunter Biden? That's a clever tactic, particularly if there is something there. But here's the thing. The left media hates Biden. They, they want Warren to be the candidate. If, if, if the substitute straight white male that they take, you know, me, they, they want it to be Trump. He's the get shorty of the story. But if they have to go with a substitute here, they'll just go with the substitute of the other old straight white sure. male they'd rather get rid of as well. So I, I don't if your tactic is to go after Biden. Great. But I don't think that's going to get them to stop going after this story because they don't want Joe Biden. They're perfectly fine letting this be the kill shot to get Joe Biden's Jeb Bush ass out of there. Your thoughts? Well, I think you're exactly right. As a matter of fact, I think with Trump, it was a deal about, you know, hey, let's turn this on. Let's turn this on Joe. I think the media's like, okay. Yeah. I'm and, fine with it. And, and Trump, even if, the, even if it's not true, let's say Trump either knows the truth or say it's not true. 
Trump just wants to create doubt, doubt in people's minds about could it be true of this Ukraine story. And so that's where you get people going, what if this is true? And that could also be given war and a little bit of rise, which I totally agree with you. The media is more than willing to embrace to give her that rise. See, because and I think this is a fine line for the White House because. Pardon me. On one hand, Biden is, I think, the only candidate right now who could win their nomination that has any potential crossover appeal, meaning a, an ability to relate to the, the the multitude of voters who want to be rid of Donald Trump, but are unsure that the price they want to pay for that is communism. Right. Okay. So you're you don't want him to be the the nominee. On the other hand, he is he, more and more there are questions about his fitfulness for office. So. Do you really want to, you want him weakened, right? You know what I'm trying to, this is a tough strategy question because do you, you, are are you better off running against a substantially weakened Joe Biden or a full strength Elizabeth Warren? And and I could see that answer going either way. I'll I'll let you answer that before we get out of here. And, And nobody really knows because there was also a strategy of, Listen, we want Trump to be the nominee because he could never, ever win. Hey, we want Biden to be the nominee because he's not fit. He's not physically fit. And all of a sudden he shows, I do have crossover appeal and I win the presidency. So that's one of those what if questions on like anybody knows. I think Trump's going, he's my my threat right now. Let's try to undermine him, which is politically, it's brilliant strategy to do it. Bob, good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. All right. We are going to have hour two here in a moment. And I got to believe you guys have some thoughts on the conversation that Bob and I just had. So I'm going to let you, uh, you two chime in on that when we return, because I do think, and I brought this up on social media this morning, I don't believe the media will be dissuaded from pursuing whatever this Ukraine thing is, or they want it to be on the basis of, oh no, this will damage Joe Biden. I think they're like totally fine with that. Yep. Actually. You agree? Oh yeah. I'm going to let you tell us why when we come back here. Okay. And then. I'm going to make the final decision. Are we going to do this town hall topic or not? Find out when we return with hour number two, live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. We are back live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace, and if you are listening to us today via the Blaze podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast us from, uh, because the more of those we get, the more likely we are with those uh, benevolent algorithms uh, to help us find more people like you, and that makes it more likely we get to continue to doing to, to do this for you, the people. Thank you to the thousands of you that have left us one of those five-star reviews already. If you don't like the show, don't lie. If you kind of like the show, if you wouldn't mind embellishing all the more, our fragile male egos would be very, very appreciative. 888-900-3393 is the number. And I, I'm still, I'm have to, I might have to Harvey Dent this thing. Am I going to open up this can of worms with this topic or not? All right. I might have to flip a coin here, live it on the air. Okay. But, um, Stay tuned here in a moment. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you're one of millions of Americans struggling with what's known as chronic pain, this is pain that is the result of inflammation in the body. Did you know your body was created to push back against inflammation? Now, I don't, do not confuse the, that I word with another I word, injury. Or illness. If you've got injuries and illnesses, go to a healthcare professional. 
But did you know Relief Factor was actually a formula created by healthcare professionals? That's right. Physician created, but 100% drug free. Why? Because they got tired of prescribing drugs to treat symptoms. Instead, what if they unleash the body's God-given potential to push back on inflammation? And that's where that all-natural formula from Relief Factor comes in. I am devoted to this product because of the changes I've seen in my own life and the improvements and enhancements that I've experienced, which is why I urge you, take advantage of the starter kit. Here's how it works. They're so confident that you're going to see results. They're going to offer you Relief Factor for a dollar a day for three weeks. 20 bucks for three weeks, a buck a day. That's it, all right? And if you don't see those results, they never darken your door again. But if they do, you might be their latest success story. Give it a shot. Go to relieffactor.com and get the starter kit, a dollar a day, 20 bucks for three weeks at relieffactor.com. So gentlemen, the conversation we just had with Bob Vanderplatz about the latest Iowa polling, you can give me your thoughts on that. I, I really want to get your thoughts, though, on the angle that I brought up with him with, with the White House attempting to pivot whatever this Ukraine thing is um, and pivot that towards, hey, what about uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, and, um, uh, and his dealings with Ukraine? Because even if we are guilty of what you're claiming, it was in order to find out what skullduggery, um, you know, the, the son of a, you know, the former vice president was doing with a foreign government. Is there no, no, is there no interest in that? My theory is, I don't believe whatever this story is, that that will get the, the, the left media off the trail of it. That I think they're totally fine turning Joe Biden into their next Harvey Weinstein. Uh, I think they're fine with whichever white, straight white male scalp they get out of this. Sure, they'd prefer it to be Trump, but I don't think they want Biden to be the nominee anyway. And if this is the way to take him out, I, I think that this will not dissuade them for pursuing whatever this rabbit trail results in. But in fact, may embolden them all the more to think we're playing with house money here. You know, we, we don't lose either way. We take one of these guys out and we're totally fine with it. What are your thoughts, Todd? Well, you know, I agree with that. And that's why I, I said, I've been saying for months, actually, I don't think Biden's going to make it till New Year's. His own party doesn't want him. It's not even his party anymore. When he's going out there and making a, apologies for it, it transgender people in prison you know it's just it, it this and is just to clarify that biden said over the weekend that if you're in prison you should be able to declare yeah. your gender to determine which prison or prisoner wing they put you in so a male rapist ought to be able to say hey i'm struggling with gender identity put me in with the women so you can find yeah. out what the new plot line is of a serial rapist on this season of orange is the new black that's what you're referencing yeah. and he can't do the dance he's bad at it he's a man out of time with this party they don't want him to do the dance so you're you're, you're absolutely right they're going to find a reason uh to get uh, rid of him and i've been out there on joe that early on it, like i've said we talk about this you got to start listening to the crazy voices in your head try to get to how they think sometimes you're wrong sometimes you're right you got to put them out there because we're all looking at each other are we seeing the same thing you know i've been more wrong than right about uh kamala harris i just thought she was going to be uh tougher she uh ha has we not were both wrong about that and she yeah. she has not been and 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 i don't disagree with your analysis about what there is to benefit uh, from her uh, going against Elizabeth Warren, but she does still need to make a decision. Why did I get into this? If she if she actually likes Elizabeth Warren and respects her, it's 
it's game over. If she has a problem with her and she doesn't go after her, um, why'd you get into this uh, in the first place? I think I've been more right than wrong about Buttigieg so far. He's he's just, he won't go away. He might go away yet. He's been more relevant. And with Elizabeth Warren, I said Bernie Sanders and you looked at me and said he's not. I I followed that crazy voice one day because I just couldn't take Elizabeth Warren seriously as a front weather. She's too fragile. She's too broken. And I do, on some level, if they do the blind taste test, I I do think Bernie Sanders may very well uh, win. I mean, that guy's just been a dyed-in-the-wool communist his whole life, and that's the way people want to go. But yes, the optics are tough. The thing with Elizabeth Warren now that I'm just going to—I have to come around to— is I think you have to find out what their id is on this. How? What exactly do they want to polish the idol? Which way they want to do it? And I really think that they, Donald Trump won to a woman. And she's the reason. And yes, her name was Hillary, and she has a lot of baggage. But nonetheless, it was a female. The first time somebody mm-hmm. grabbed that flag. Mm-hmm. And... They, I really think at a cosmic level, they they need to recover from that with the woman. They're not going to have another dude come in and clean up their mess. I think that's if there might be other factors competing just as highly, beat Trump and whatever. But I really think having a gal to to beat him, so it's not uh, it. They cannot be marginalized as the one, the only person who could not. Uh, uh, defeat Donald Trump. I think that's the driving force in a lot of the way they're thinking about things. Because really, you know, she's fragile. She Elizabeth Warren is not a great candidate, uh, yet here she is. And the reason the press is lifting her up because, and I, there's a lot of female editors in those newsrooms now. Steve calling the sure. shots. I think that I think that's really good analysis, Todd. I'm really really sharp. And and again, you got to analyze your opponent from who they believe they are. Yes. Not just who you think they are. Otherwise, you're going to get caught with your with your knickers down a mm-hmm. lot. Are you going to you're going to either or or you're going to be intimidated when you shouldn't be. You'll go to one extreme or the other. All right? When you when you build them up to stature they should not have or diminish them beneath the stature that they do, you're 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 cruising for a bruise in one way or the other. And if you look at the 2016 election from their point of view, you know, the Russian collusion, all that, I don't believe they believed most of that. I mean, as much as they, they wanted to believe it, and as much as, or as much as it was also a device to, because these people don't ever admit defeat. There's never any introspection. Remember after Romney lost in 2012 and, and, and Rince over there at the RNC put out this ridiculous memo about why Romney lost? And then Donald Trump gets the nomination doing the exact opposite of everything that was in that memo and still wins the presidency anyway, right? Okay. They don't, there, there was no such, you know, maybe we should have campaigned in Wisconsin more. Why did we take, why did 20,000 black voters who voted for Obama twice in Milwaukee stay home? There's none of that publicly happening whatsoever. You, if you beat them, you always stole it from them. It was always voter suppression. You law, you cheated, et cetera. There, there's never any self-awareness. Like Dan Rather out there this morning tweeting about reporters actually following facts. All right, self-awareness is 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 doomed. Like a, a female reporter from GQ magazine tweeting to me today about how important independent institutions are, and I went and looked at her timeline, and one of the most recent stories she wrote was this fawning story about how Elizabeth Warren uses her time. Okay, you know, there's no self-awareness is not is not it's not dead. It's it's beyond dead. It doesn't exist. It's it's unnecessary to the American left. All right, it does it. It's unnecessary, okay? So you can't kill something you never even acknowledge existed in the first place. They believe that, hey, 
we would have beaten this guy. Imagine if we run the same candidate with all the same views and all the same plumbing, but none of the personal scandals, right? None of the, you know, let me cover for my, pre- for my husband's uh, terrible behavior so that I take all the feminist, just like we in 2012 thought, what a terrible idea it was out of 360 million Americans. Let's nominate the one guy who had Barack Obama's worst idea before he had it so we can't actually credibly attack him for it. And that's what the, right? I can't tell you how many times I heard this from Ted Cruz and other Republican presidential campaign candidates when I'd be in meetings with them or at events where they were talking privately to donors and trying to, or, or activists and trying to sell us on backing their candidacy. This talking point happened a lot. And it's a valid talking point. Inside of their in, in enclaves, what they're saying is, imagine if we had a true feminist warrior here, someone whose husband wasn't, wasn't, you know, a Cretan to use that word again, somebody whose husband wasn't, you know, full of toxic masculinity that, that therefore made it impossible for us when we trotted Gloria Alred out there to go after Trump in 2016, it makes it impossible for us to do that because she Look at all of the the weaknesses of her husband, all of his toxic masculinity that she's covered for. All Trump has to do is bring Juanita Broderick and those women to one of these debates, and that's his get-out-of-jail-free card, and he's never held accountable for those things. That's what they're thinking, right? Yeah. And so their thinking is, we just run, we run, we run the vice president of the, well. we ran the president of, she literally was the student body president at the Wellesley School for Women, if I remember right. Now we're going to run the vice president, but this time, and Elizabeth Warren, but this time, you know, there's her husband is not Bill Clinton. There's not a long list of conquests that she's apologized for. There, there's no bimbo eruptions, is what she used to call Bill Clinton's abuse of power to have sex with women in office. None of those things exist. And we finally get our feminist reckoning with the 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 heteronormative generation of curmudgeons and cretins that Donald Trump, the likes of which he represents. Is that what you think they think? Yeah, absolutely. Got it. Aaron. Okay, so a quick note on the polls, and, and I want to reset something that multiple times on overtime, which I know is things that's, that are said on the overtime, are supposed to stay on the overtime, but our buddy Chris Pandolfo has said this multiple times in the last couple of weeks, which are, especially with the Iowa caucus, because of the caucus format, polls are generally a bad indicator of the outcome of a caucus. However, I would like to note, and maybe get your input on this, Steve, but I think my reasoning here is pretty sound. Here's where I think it actually can be a little bit uh, more of a predictor of an outcome when coupled with another data point or maybe a couple of different data points. So the trend that we've been saying here and that uh, was confirmed by this recent poll and this poll put out this weekend by the Des Moines Register, that's what we would call or I would call anyway, a big poll, Mm -hmm. a good track record. This Mm -hmm. is a serious poll. And it just confirms what we'd seen from other some of these B and C list polls over the last couple of weeks of earlier states, of early voting states. It does confirm a trend that we've been seeing, and that indeed is Elizabeth Warren surging. Now, coupling that with what you said earlier, another data point that we do have, what you said earlier about Warren rating the organizational support of Bernie Sanders – That actually, to me, signals that, yeah, maybe it's not actually just a two percentage point within the margin of error lead for for Elizabeth Warren. When you have a good campaign structure and organization, what that means, generally speaking, is you'll have a lot of surrogates and a lot of people on caucus sites that are willing and able and effective at whipping up votes. Mm -hmm. 
for that candidate. Mm -hmm. So when, one, you see a surge and you have that confirmed by a good poll, and two, you know the organizational strength of a candidate that is surging, I think this says a lot more about Elizabeth Warren than a mere 2% lead. Again, that's still about 45 to 50% conjecture, but when you couple it with those data points uh, that I just brought up, I think this is a bigger, a much bigger deal for Elizabeth Warren than just a two percentage point lead in this poll. And, I, if you want to comment on that real quick. Sure. In fact, there's a, there's a data point in the internals of Ann's poll, Ann Seltzer's poll, that, that confirms what you're saying. When you look at who is everybody's second choice, and Elizabeth Warren beats Joe Biden there two to one. Yep. Okay. And, and, and so, and, and, in any caucus environment, and, and so what's different for those of you that are wondering, never been to Iowa, you weren't with us when we went through this with the Republican side, you're a new listener, viewer, where a caucus is different than a primary. As a primary, is, if you voted in them before, is like a general election. I show up at the precinct polling, or the, the polling place in my precinct. I go in, I verify that I'm me. I go into a private space. No one is allowed to lobby me on the premises. I go into a private space. I make my choice and I walk out. A caucus, it couldn't be any more unlike that. It's, it's there, you're there to be lobbied. Okay. And the reason organization matters in a caucus state is one, do you have people that can bring more people with them? Okay. Meaning that if, you know, somebody like a Bob Vanderplatz who has a massive organization where he can communicate to those people. And virtually come with me to the Iowa caucuses or I can do it with the platform that I have. But then there's also the activists that are like, that person you know in Waterloo, Iowa is bringing 80 people with them to the caucus site that night in Black Hawk County. Can you get those people on your side? So you want people to get organizationally that can reach people with their lists, with their platform, but then you want people that can reach people individually. And then you go there and... Individuals get up and speak for candidates before everybody votes. And you bet your sweet bippy when you walk in there and it's somebody whose voice you've trusted in the past or a member of Congress you've voted for in the past, when they get up there in that auditorium, when it's your, and on the Republican side, when it's the pastor of a major church in that community, and they get up and speak, you're going to be like, you know, we were kind of torn between these two or three candidates, but. Pastor so-and-so is going there, and if the church is going there, we want our vote to count. So why vote for the guy who's going to get 5%? We might as well vote for the person who has a chance to win. And that's where a Rick Santorum can go from hovering around second place, maybe third, to winning on a caucus night because those people get together in the room and human, and human relationships yep. begin to take hold. It's even more prevalent on the Democratic side because they hold a straw poll. They do all this stuff, too. But then there's our, you know, when there's nights when we're together, like there were in 2008, for example, when they're both open at the same time, um, it's, and it wasn't 2016 too, but it was kind of a fait accompli. There were only two real candidates between Hillary and Bernie. But in 2008, when both sides were open and had wide open fields, I mean, if you were at a place like I was where we caucus at the same place as the Democrats do, it felt like, there were the, 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 you know, we're in there politely listening to speeches, talking, they're holding rallies and screaming and yelling. Well, after they do all of that pomp and circumstance and they give all their speeches, they then hold a straw poll before they hold a vote. And if you don't meet a minimum threshold, you're out. And then if you do meet that minimum threshold, but you're only a few points over it, like the poll that you showed with candidates down at two, three, four, five percent on caucus nine of the Democratic side, that won't occur. 
Because what's going to happen is, if you like Amy Klobuchar, you probably view yourself as maybe more of a moderate voice in the Democratic Party. And if, she's, if, she, if you just took a straw poll and she's not winning your precinct or even coming close, you're like, I want my voice to count and I don't want one of these crazy leftists who can't beat Trump to win, so I'm going to vote for Biden. But if you're all the rest of those, if you're, if you're backing Cory Booker and you're like, he can't win, but I don't want you know, the squish Biden to win, I'm voting for Elizabeth Warren. We took the straw poll, I know where everybody stands, and now it's like, I want my vote to make the biggest impact it can make. And their base, and that's how Barack Obama goes from in a virtual tie with Hillary Clinton and John Edwards. That's exactly the what day I'm before the caucuses. Yep. On caucus night, he wins by seven that's points because he I'm cleans up as the yep. second choice of all these candidates. And when they realize my person's not going to win, why do I want? Why do I want to vote for the fifth place finisher in the Iowa caucuses? Now we don't have that in the Republican side, so you don't know. You know. If, you know, like if we had that straw poll and you would have found out that Ben Carson wasn't wasn't going to wasn't wasn't going to win. Ted Cruz would have won by more votes. You would have taken that straw poll and found out, you know, Rick Santorum and Mike Huckabee are even weaker than you thought. Ted Cruz would have won by more because people have been like, I don't want to have why vote for Mike Huckabee to get two percent. He can't win. So, I'll, you know, I would I like Mike Huckabee better than Ted Cruz, but they're kind of the same. And I want I want Ted Cruz to win more than, you know. Than the the, the all, than Rubio or Trump, so I'm going to vote for him. You see much more of that on the Democratic side, and so you're not going to see eight candidates splintering this vote. It's you know that's why the massive gap between the top two and everybody else plays is, is very problematic for Biden, especially when you look at she's by a two to one margin more people's second choice than Joe Biden's is. Because you also then have to look at where are the largest Democratic caucus sites going to be? College campuses. Who's more liked on the, on, in, in, among those voters? Elizabeth Warren types or Joe Biden types? Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren types. And so those students are going to get together and those faculty members are going to get together on those college campuses at Iowa, Iowa State, UNI, Grinnell, Simpson, uh, name the school. You know, they're going to get together and they're going to say, uh, you know, so and so can't win. And that's where she is going to get, she's going to build up Soviet like margins in those locations. Provided now, here's always the caveat does she implode individually as a candidate beforehand? Okay. This analysis all requires her not to welcome Fortnite to any more yeah. Facebook lives. Stay on target. Stay on, yes. And that's where I was going to go if I can interject here. Sure. With, with this, the second part of the conversation, I want to put a little bit finer point on, on the, the second part of, of the conversation you had with Bob Vanderplatz, which was Elizabeth Warren being the media's candidate and how they seem to be fine with just uh, mass destruction of either Donald Trump or Joe Biden as it pertains to this Ukraine story that's been breaking over the last few days. And the finer point that I want to put on that is that when we talk about the media's candidate or who their favorite is, I, I don't believe it means that they're necessarily attacking everybody else. All right. Right. Sure, there's more favorable coverage, but it's more of a passive. Okay, we'll let this attack on Joe Biden stand. It is more passive like that. Yes. So let's not get let's not get this idea. And I'm not saying that you were, but as I was sitting there listening to this conversation, let's not get this idea that they're just attacking Joe Biden all the time. They're not. 
they are letting and allowing a lot of attacks yes. on Joe Biden. Case in point, ABC News, that last debate, when they just teed it up for Kamala Harris on the gun control question uh, and just quoted Joe Biden to his face and just teed it up for her. It's stuff like that where they're just allowing attacks to take place and allowing uh, yes. support to erode. That's exactly right. Okay. Let me give the audience another example that, again, confirms your instincts, which are really good. Okay. When, if the media wanted Joe Biden to be the nominee, so until this last one, we had these twinite doubleheaders, basically, okay, of, of, you know, debate A and debate B to put everybody on the stage for the least amount of grumbling about you're, you're, you're shunning me, right? And, and Elizabeth Warren was never put on the stage with Joe Biden in those first two debates. Well, I think it was after the second one that Biden made the comment about Medicare for all. And he said something along the lines, correct me if I'm wrong, but if my memory serves, he said something along the lines of that math. Tell me how that adds up for people. He said that math may add up in New York and California, yep. but it doesn't add up in most of America. There's something along those yep. lines, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. If the media wanted Joe Biden to be the nominee, here's what would have happened after that. The very next morning, and I mean the next morning, because, by the way, this works, I'll tell you, this works in conservative media too, okay? The very next morning, the, all, the, all the major morning shows would have had stories ready to go about how unpopular Medicare for all is polling-wise, poll, yeah. which it is, it is. But they'd had all those yep. stories ready to go, all those costs ready to go. They would have been out there in force in uh, defending Obamacare and Obama's legacy, they would have they would have taken the ball and run with it and added to the narrative that he was casting. Did you see that at all? Nope. None of it. None of it. That's one of the funniest things about this entire process is how Obamacare is just like some yes. rancid dead letter that's killing yep. people now. The, the, the media that more than two dozen of them either went to work for the Obama administration or left the Obama, Obama administration to go work in the media. Jay Carney was the, I believe, the last White House spokesperson. Jay Carney, for years, was the chief Washington correspondent for Time Magazine, and he was—he's—he he's, was supposedly a journalist. They're doing nothing to defend Obama's legacy, nothing. They're—they're they're doing nothing to do. They're not doing any of the math, none of it, on Elizabeth Warren at all. But when stories come out about. Joe, I mean, Joe Biden and Strom Thurmond and Joe Biden and Dixiecrats, they're all over those stories like a fly on stink. That's how you know. Okay. It's never, it's never Rachel Maddow wearing a, wearing an Elizabeth Warren shirt, guys. And it's never, all, I, I was, I was about to say it's never Sean Hannity wearing a Trump shirt in the primary, <laughs> but sure? he did everything but that actually. That's why there was so much animosity is Fox was so obvious with what they were doing. They, they didn't put any style points on it at all. It was, it was in your, and it wasn't new. I mean, you go back and go back and Google Newt Gingrich and Rick Santorum complain about Fox bias in 2012. I mean, Brian, Rick Santorum and Newt Gingrich used to be paid contributors at Fox. I think Newt is again. Santorum went on Brian Kilmeade's show, radio show that he used to have back in the 2012 election and just flat out said, you guys are in the tank for Trump. Just admit it. Just said it to him right on his show. And 
so this works this works across the board you can you can this is why i disclosed to you right this is why i didn't want to do this dog and pony show in this last cycle well let me wait until the end and milk all the attention i'll get for being an undecided key activist with a platform and bring them all on this show i wasn't gonna lie to you i was gonna lie to myself i was gonna go through this process very early figure out who my wife and I wanted to support so we could put all of our resources behind that candidate in an effort to win. And then I was going to tell you up front, I'm doing this. And then you can decide how to interpret my, and I was then going to still do my best as best I could to analyze what was happening objectively, knowing that I could not be objective. So it's best just to let you know what my bias is up front and you can determine what the handicap is when interpreting my remarks from there. In other words, just to treat you like an adult. Most places won't do that though. And so you can always find out who's in the tank for who. Do they write questioning stories about one candidate or one or, or, or whoever the a particular factions within the party's candidates are, but then the other side never gets questioned. I, I ran into this when I, I ran into this in 2008 with Romney. You know, Matt Lewis now who writes for the Daily Beast and others would come on my show and, and they would tell me on my local show that, the only I had I, I you you know what you can you were around then mm-hmm. listening. You never heard me defend Huckabee playing nice with the NEA in Arkansas. Never heard me right. I didn't anything you attacked him on, I if you could prove that it was true, I never spun it at all, ever. What I didn't understand, I didn't I had no problem with vetting Mike Huckabee's record. What I didn't understand is why you couldn't vet Mitt Romney's. Mm-hmm. And the only reason you would do it is you're an anti-Mormon bigot. That and I, I just gotta tell you. When you go, when your when your response to my challenges is some form of an identity politic, I know I got you every single time, and and maybe you'll run into somebody else with no balls, that that'll get them to stop talking. It just tells me that's the open wound. Yeah. Keep pushing on it. That's how yeah. I roll. That's why you're I, just showing me what your weak spot is, and that means there's there's a there there, and I'm gonna go there. That's what you're telling me, and that's why it was during this time where you flat out said, "Prove me." Yes. That I'm wrong and yep. I will resign. Tell me that he didn't appoint yeah. two openly gay activists to the state yeah. to the state to Supreme Court. Tell me he didn't do that. Tell me he didn't put Catholic charities out of business before he was suing them in court before before Obama even took the little sisters of the poor there. Tell me these things are not true. Tell me they're not, and I'll back away. But they never could. Okay, and so that was because this happens in writing media too. I'm a proxy for a faction or a candidate, and I'm just not being honest with you about that. And 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 I'm National Review, and I think it's my job to tell you in in the grassroots. It it reminds me of a conversation I had. This conversation with Byron York when he worked at National Review, and he came up to me at, at Huckabee's caucus headquarters on caucus night, and he said, "Hey, congratulations! That's a big win." I, he goes, what's the message here? And I said, you go back to your headquarters in National Review and tell them that we'll choose our own candidates, thanks. And it's not your job to tell us which candidates are okay to vet, which candidates are okay to vote for. We'll, we'll think for ourselves. That's the message. That's what I told him right to his face. Because it was obvious they were in the tank for Romney the entire time. They were never going to be objective. And you know who doesn't work at uh, National Review No, he anymore? works at Washington Examiner now. Okay, yeah. well, there's a part of him who yeah. was thinking that all well, along. I, by the way, and I, say yeah. that, I say that I say that to him because I have yeah. always liked Byron York. Yeah. He was around my radio show a lot during caucus cycle. I think he's a really good reporter. He's a GOP guy, but I like his work. That's why I said that to him. I wasn't going to say that to some hack that it wasn't going to penetrate. I was going to say it to a guy who, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that he was at Huckabee headquarters that night indicates he was there to get the story. Story, not 
their story. Not okay? the greatest third place of all time yes, or something. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what you saw with Fox in the last caucus cycle. Rubio was their guy at that time. Ted Cruz could have won by 10 points and the story was going to be the story they wanted it to be, period. And that's what you're watching now in lefty media. Every story about Warren is cast in the most positive light possible. Possible. And any scrutiny that's brought to her or skepticism from within the left is not given an audience. So Joe Biden says, hey, your numbers don't add up. They don't care to do the math because that's the candidate that they want. More in a moment. You know, those annoying robocalls, the ones saying you're pre-approved for credit cards or loans, be careful with those. Those are people attempting to take advantage of you and get your personal information. And you might be thinking, well, I don't have to worry about that, Steve. I've got identity theft protection. Well, that's true. Maybe they can't, you know, take out a credit card in your name or, or you know, your PayPal account. But what they can do once they've got your identifying information is they can go online where a lot of our more where all of our mortgages and home titles are kept nowadays hack into those databases sign or just sign in as you make it look like you signed over your home to them liquidate your home equity stick you with the payments maybe the foreclosure notices it's called home title fraud the fbi has been warning about this for months it's one of the the uh, the latest fads within the criminal underworld and this is where you need home title lock all right because your identity theft protection cannot protect you from this your bank mortgage lender can't do it either but for pennies a day home title lock will they'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title and you know why it's vulnerable it's not that just that they're online but it's the most valuable investment most americans will ever have protect your most valuable important investment your own home with Home Title Lock. And right now you can get 60 risk-free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, 60 risk-free days of protection and find out if your home has already been tampered with or targeted at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, I got a question I got to ask you, Aaron. What's up? We were just talking about passive attempts to frame situations. Sure. Right? Was did you just engage in one of those in order to stop the old man from having the time to talk about the topic I was entertaining us discussing here today? Did you know I, if you got I'm me not, going on inside baseball on politics? All right, if because I'm a recovering, yeah. I'm a recovering flack. Forgive me. All right, if you knew, did you know? Thought if you dangled the brandy, the scotch out in front of me, I'd be like, you know what? Maybe I've got time for no, a drink. Is, no, was this on purpose? No, it's just that I'm uh, smart and well spoken. That's all that that was uh, a few minutes ago. But uh, I will say, I was not as opposed. I guess I don't know if that's a fair way to put it. As I think, or concerned as Todd was about this topic, uh, it, it was still when I saw it on the rundown, I was like, hmm. We're going there, but you know, after all the crazy, it, this yeah. is actually probably the most lucid conversation we could have. See, because I, I actually contemplated about ten minutes before the end of the hour, end of that segment, you were doing that, and I was like, I don't care. 
I like getting to do this for a change. I'm going to do it. I'm going to indulge myself anyway. The brandy and scotch taste good. There's a reason why I used to like it so much. So I just decided I was just going to go with it anyway, anticipating that maybe you were even doing this to try and play stall ball, to, to go, give me the four corners offense, run out the clock, so we never bring up the harebrained topic I no, have been contemplating. No, it's Monday, usually on the sharpest on Mondays, and I, I actually had more to say about that topic. Okay. But. Okay. Did you think he was potentially doing this? I think he always is potentially doing that. <laughs> well, That's what I dig about him. Touche. And so, in fairness, when I saw it, like, even though I'm more drawn to it now, like, an hour of that, mate. Were like, you thinking, right now, what can I bring you up? You have then? these 20 minutes, you do what you want, it's your show, but for an hour, it's like, um, do we need to take the car keys away from the boss? <laughs> so, here's the topic, and we, we probably don't have time to delve into it now. That's okay? true. I am curious because this topic has been in the news a ton in recent weeks. And I don't know if your kids are bringing it up. My kids bring it up all the time because it's trending everywhere in social media. Their friends are talking about it constantly. Okay. I I am wondering how many people in our audience are serious about UFOs. Really believe in it. Um, follow this phenomenon because I've, I've mentioned before I used to be heavily into this stuff when I was younger but I I haven't kept up on there was you know the, I didn't know who Bob Lazar was until he was on that uh, Joe Rogan experience a month ago and I, I, I listened because it was the number one trending podcast in the world and I do think as a Christian whenever matters of existential import transcend into the into the general population, pop culture, I kind of want to know what's being discussed. I, you know, because that's, I mean, I'm, I represent the church. We are, we are an entity of existential import. Right? We view ourselves as the ambassadors of the most important existential import uh, in the cosmos. So whenever the, the culture I live in, in the mainstream, crosses over into the existential realm, I kind of feel like that's one of the reasons why there's a certain brand of horror film I will still continue to watch. When they when when they're want, when they're horror films of an existential nature, when you get into things of paranormal or demonic, I'm interested. I I don't care what you're you know. I did we did we had Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees when I was a kid, and you guys' attempt to come up with you know equals is, is kind of lame. Frankly, we kind of had the OGs of, of of splatter films. I did all that when I was a kid. I'm not interested in that stuff anymore. And I'm really disinterested in the Gorn, you know, the torture porn uh, movies, which is gory pornography version of gore. I have negative integer interest in that. But whenever the culture goes into matters of an existential nature, because absolutely, if there was extraterrestrial life, that would be a question of existential significance, right? I, as a, as, as a Christian, I am interested in knowing what my home habitat is saying in these areas. But I'd never heard the name Bob Lazar. The last time I pay, paid attention to UFOs and was really into this stuff, there was a guy that was kind of the, uh, his, he was like the first taken seriously, um, kid, Whitney something was the guy's name. Whitney Schreiber? Schreiber? Does that name ring a bell to either one of you? No. Okay. But he was like, he's supposedly an author, academic. Uh, I was abducted by aliens. That was a big thing. And that's like 25, 30 years ago. He was a big name the last time I was really into this. And even before I became a Christian, I kind of just lost interest in it and moved on with my life, you know? So I don't know 
I, I don't, I'm not really into UFO subculture, but you cannot ignore that it has been prevalent in the news these last couple of months, like everywhere. And, and we just last week, we discussed that for the first time that we can recall, the U.S. government acknowledged formally a UFO without explanation, meaning this is indeed an unidentified flying object. It's not a weather balloon. It's not a test pot test flight. The U.S. Navy said, we don't know what this is. And so my, the topic I was mulling over discussing before Aaron enticed me with, uh, uh, to, uh, to indulge myself on, some in, on, on technocratic matters is I am curious in an audience like ours, how many people are into this and follow it? How many people think it is just simply demonic delusion? I've seen that, you know, in Christian circles before that uh, UFO stories and abduction stories are demonic delusions um, using, you know, uh, meaning that these things may actually happen to people. But there, in, in some cases, now, I, I, I don't believe Merle in the trailer park got anally probed by some gray aliens last night. I, I don't. And no matter how many times he calls George Norrie again, I, I, I don't believe that. I think, I think Merle probably, you know, needs to lay yeah, off the moonshine. Yeah. I think he needs to try, you know, some, uh, you know, a different, uh, a different snuff there in the, uh, in, in the cheek, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. Um, and, and most of the time, the people who claim this, it is Merle and his cousin Merle and their daughter, Ethel. All right. And his, and his wife, Earl from the trailer park that are making these claims. <laughs> All right. We got anally probed by the, by the grays again here at the uh, trailer park. No, but there's, I know there's been a thought within Christian apologetic circles that it, the, these stories like the Whitney Scriber, Schreiber dude, whatever his name was that appear believable. These are demonic deceptions, meaning um, it's not gray aliens that did this to you. It's, it's, it's demonic and it, and whatever, whatever hell can use, whatever natural resource it can use to create, you know, an existential philosophy or narrative to counter the real spiritual truths of, of the universe, it will utilize, right? Have you got, you grew up in homeschooling circles. Sure. Did you hear that when you were growing up? Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes, yes. Um, th that was usually a pretty pat answer for a lot of things, though. It's demonic. I mean, yeah, dude, the demon under the doily yes. thing is just, you know, I remember listening to a guy who came to our church one time for a few occasions, and his specialty was finding benign everyday things that were actually demonic. Case in point, now, you, yeah. Harry Potter was one thing because the lightning bolt and the lightning bolt is a symbol of Satan. The other thing, uh, did you know? Did you know the Dairy Queen logo is satanic? I don't know why, but it is. So this is that was a patent. Procter and Gamble was satanic. So, I remember that. So many things. Yeah. So uh, my buddy, uh, conservative Christian comedian Brad Stein, has this observation. You like this, Todd? And uh, that if if Catholics see Mary everywhere, Protestants see the devil everywhere. Okay, and so. One of the points that Brad has made in his routine in the past is, oh man, I, I lost my job. The devil's coming after me, bro. No, moron. You showed up late three days in a row without an excuse and your lazy ass got fired. You're, you're just dumb. The devil had nothing to do with it, right? That's kind of what you're, you're alluding to, uh, Aaron, is we, yep. we do love our, our, yep. our oh. demonic uh, influence, uh, influences uh, oh, in, in the Protestant oh. world. 
all I'm thinking about right now is that clip we showed with the uh, the leprechaun and the tree and the flute, and that <laughs> that's that's Could that's be the a scene. Head. That's the scene you that set got for me. The yes, wrong stuff. I want to go. <laughs> I want to go. That's that's. <laughs> The second greatest television story out of the state of Alabama of all time. Nothing will ever top Bed Intruder, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. that's Bed Intruder is, you know, Beethoven's fifth. I mean, it's it's a it's a piece de resistance. I mean, it's a it is it's an Andrew Clavin tweet this morning is what is what we started the show with. That's that's what Bed Intruder is. But the uh, the Alabama Leprechaun story is, is certainly worthy of Hall of Fame consideration. Do you guys? Do you guys know anybody who believes this stuff? No. Not that I know of. You don't know really. anybody. Yeah, and actually, no? I'm, I have not heard... I've seen on Twitter, but other than that, I have not... I, I don't think I've seen as much as you have, and my kids haven't been coming to talk to me about it either. I mean, cause could... Aaron, do you know anybody that's into this stuff? Not really, no. Couldn't you... <laughs> and me. I wonder... Here's something else I'm wondering. Is it possible that one of the reasons that this is becoming such a, a, a thing in the news right now is that Trump is running the Navy's Twitter account. Well, you're, 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 you're warm to where I was going to go. Okay. If you've ever been curious about what's really going on at area 51, it, you know, there was a movie uh, when we no, were kids, I see where you're going. there was a movie when we were kids called hangar 18. Did you ever see this movie? No. And it's about the hidden hangar at area 51 where the aliens are kept. Okay. Um, if you've ever wondered what's really going on there, have they really been hiding this from us all along? Doesn't this seem like the kind of president that would be the most inclined to say, what the hell? I'll tell you. What, uh, yeah, we'll dis- I'll disclose it. I can disclose anything I want. I'm the head of the national, uh, the, of, of the national security agency here. I'm the head of the military here. Yeah, here, here's what we got. I mean, I wonder if some of this is attempting to bait him. They're trying to get him open, uh, go full um, uh, open Al Capone's vault here. You know, you know my buddy Ryan Morrow over at um, uh, the Clarion Institute, the, the big foreign policy guru. We've had him on the show yeah, yeah. tons of times over the years, okay? He tweeted out over the weekend that he could see Trump. And Ryan is a serious... You know, he's yeah. not up until 4 a.m. in the morning listening to Coast to Coast. Yes. Yeah. Ryan is a yeah, yeah, serious operator. Okay. And he said he could, he, he's, he's been, wa- he was watching how this has been trending constantly in the news recently. He's like, couldn't, he asked a question over the weekend on Twitter. Couldn't you see Trump realizing how popular of a topic this is becoming? And at some point during next year's reelection campaign, Vote for me. Yeah, dis, dis, disclosing some of this stuff. Like it's like a buffet of Big Macs for the, all of the people. Right like, here, you are. And so that got me wondering: Do you think some of this craze is attempting to bait a guy who's who loves violating norms? Right. He has shown, for better or for worse, and there have been times we've, we've we've agreed with him on this. He has no problem stepping on the neck of the intelligence community, foreign policy establishments you know, sacred cows, right? We've seen Trump just react to what's on Twitter and what's on cable news and try to get ahead of it and realize, hey, this would work for me. I should do this. 
Do you think some of the reason that this is becoming such a thing right now is folks are like, hey, we got a guy who doesn't mind, you know, uh, being a bull in a China shop, step, violating some presidential norms. Let's show him that, you know, hey, we got him to release a bunch of prisoners early because he thought it would get him black votes from Kanye West, right? Maybe get some millennial voters. We go raid Area 51, you know, and we, we have this trending on Twitter all the time. Maybe we could, this can be the guy that finally lets us know what they've been hiding from us all along. Do you think this is an attempt to bait Trump at all? I think that's a little bit too much 4D chess. Um, it, it could be, but I'd say the chances of that are are slim. I mean, sub 20%. Um, I, 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 for, for this reason, UFOs are not synonymous with extraterrestrial. That's not necessarily what we're talking about. Um, the thing that I, I would be concerned about is the mass panic it would cause. Well, if it were, were extraterrestrials, but also this could be a, a foreign country with loads of money burning through and we can't I, we can't detect we can't figure out what what they're sending over here and they're just uh, you know flying things around it could be something like that uh, of really advanced technology of some sort it could be something like that that's that's all i would say and uh there's just too much riding on letting that letting those uh beans spill at this point but then again you know, the Navy, like we said, this is kind of breaking new ground for them anyway. The, the United States government confirming that they have no idea what these objects were and that the videos were authentic. So, uh, again, it doesn't mean it's extraterrestrial. It just could mean that it's something that we literally have no idea what it is and how to defend against it. So we know, based on all kinds of anecdotal evidence, that, yeah, you can be successful at squirreling Donald Trump. You can get him That's to true. do that. Right. So, and there was actually, you're, you're, I know you don't like the show, but this was pre-social media, and this, there was a show on the West Wing that was about how, once a year, into the White House, they would bring in five to ten experts on very fringe ideas, because they... It, this is gets us out of the box. We're gonna and it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's probably gonna be crazy, but we're gonna entertain this. And it was it. I can't remember the particular issues, but I I will I will buy what you are selling on on a minimalist level. I think you're in, onto something. Hmm. Hey, if you are looking to, you know, we're talking about capricious politicians. We we talked earlier today about fake news trying to generate. Um, uh, you know, uh, events in order to get the outcome election that they, or the election outcome that they want. You know, like, how about we instigate a recession in order to get the the president we prefer? You work too hard to have your hard-earned productivity and prosperity put at the mercy of such figures. And that's why you're seeing a rise of cryptocurrencies and bitcoins, and, and that's because you're smart, independent, you're nobody's sheeple. But if you're going to go that route, why not go with something that has been proven to be that remedy for centuries? Of course, I'm talking about gold. Gold is where smart, savvy, successful people, that is where they have stored up their wealth and protected their productivity from the schemes of elites and fake news and terrible politicians in the past, right? And that's why you want to go back to what has proven to work. Don't don't change one one sort of unidentifiable, unvalidated scam for another. All right, 
Go with the gold. Go with the one that has proven to stand the test of time. And right now, you can get the leading gold expert, Swiss America. They're going to send you a free DVD and report right now. It's called The Timeless Truth About Gold. They'll send it to you for free. What do you have to lose for free? Okay, here's all you need to do. SwissAmerica.com is the website. SwissAmerica.com, or you can give them a call, 800-289-2646. Again, it's really smart to try to figure out how do I protect my wealth and maximize my work aside from all of these economic vehicles that are largely AstroTurf. That's smart, but don't trade AstroTurf for AstroTurf. Go with the gold. There's a reason why gold always signifies number one, folks, because it has been for centuries. SwissAmerica.com. All right, that's going to do it for our show today. We're going to stick around and do some overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you again on uh, Tuesday. I almost said Monday. I wish it was Friday. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.